Pray with me again before we start uh, with Philippians. Father, I thank you. I thank you once again for your amazing, amazing word, Lord. That is just so perfect. And, and, and that is, like Second Timothy says, is good and is able to, to lead us and to shape us and sometimes to, to confront us uh, and to bring us to the place where we live in the fullness of the maturity of Christ. And that is what we are after, Lord. We are after the fullness of the maturity which we have received and which we, you have created us to be in Christ, Lord. So I ask, Holy Spirit, would you please, once again this morning, come and break open your word for us. Break open your heart, Lord, that we might receive it. I open every heart in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to receive the word of the Lord and nothing else. And I bind uh, every distraction, even every word of mine that might not be truth, that it will fall to the ground and not be planted in any heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Good. So we're busy with, with Philippians, going slowly through Philippians, doing a few verses at a time. Um, and I'm actually just going to skip a few verses at the end of two uh, where Paul is just commending Timothy to come to visit them and telling them, and he is also sending, um, the, actually the guy that they sent to Paul to look after him while he was in prison, sort of sending them back. He was, he was very ill, and now he's better, and he's sending him back to me. So he's just telling them that I'm, I want to send Timothy, but I've sent this guy so long, um, I'm not even going to try and send, say his name. Um, so, we're, we're at uh, Philippians 3. And, oh, what a priceless, priceless letter this is. Absolutely wonderful. Philippians 3. Uh, let's, let's go. Let's start reading. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Say whatever. 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 <laughs> whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in what? In the Lord. And I'm thinking, where do we sometimes go for our joy? And what do we sometimes need to do for our joy and to have fulfillment and fullness? And all that. What are the lengths that we go to, to to rejoice, to find fulfillment and to find pure and and real joy? We Odafan, who likes it to like not be joyful? Who like wakes up in the morning and say, Today I'm I, I like I want to be grumpy? Ek moet eerlijk sê, ek dink ek het als ek een dag gehad. Dat ek opstaan en sê, vandag gaan allemaal net bars. Ek moet eerlijk wees, I think it has happened. But then the Lord sort of brings me to repentance. I was driving one day and um, I can't remember what I was thinking, but I, it came to this end that I actually repented that there's no joy in my heart. Because I think we, are, we wait for joy to come. But the Bible says not to wait for joy, but to rejoice. To take joy. Find joy in Christ. Find joy in the Lord. Then he goes on. Rejoice. Uh, in the Lord, whatever happens. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. And then it seems like he's switching like a whole new direction, but he actually is not. He says, watch out for those dogs. Those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. 
For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ has done for us. So I'll be thinking that, okay, yesterday we have to rejoice in everything, and then he says, be careful of those dogs. And, and dogs is literally in that time uh, was an expression for hypocrites. People who tell you to do one thing but does the opposite. And he was, we'll see just now, he was talking about um, some people coming into the church to try and bring them back into legalism again. To bring them back into to having to win the favor of God through what you do. Through keeping and obeying the written or the Mosaic law. The Torah. The written law. So while I was reading this and I was thinking, okay, how does this now relate to rejoice in the Lord? It came up in my heart that how many times do we actually try to find joy in our own religiosity? Trying to feel good about ourselves by what we do right. And and sort of where I am in church, and where I am in doing what God wants me to do. So we keep on measuring ourselves all the time. And, and I've actually, before I even started thinking about this in the week, I was going through this thing inside of me. I was thinking, yes, there's, su- there's such a heaviness in me. Because at times I just keep thinking to myself, Oh, you do not enough that, you do not enough that, you do not enough that. All performance related kind of things. Like I can wake up at six o'clock to spend time with the Lord, but then there's something in me saying, No, you must wake up at five o'clock. And then there's something, no, you must wake up at four o'clock. And the standard must, it's this, you always try to perform and try to perform and try to perform. You try to do, or you pray so long and then you feel like, oh, no, 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 that's not enough. I must pray so long. Or I read like so many chapters. No, 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 you must read a whole letter or you must read a whole book or, or something like that. Ek noem nou maar net goed. And that's religiosity. That's performance. That is like, so now he says, if you're going to rejoice in something, rejoice in what Christ has done for you, not in what you do for yourself. Do not even think about measuring yourself up against some standards. And here is a, I know this here is a gevaarlijke word. So we must receive the fullness of this. Because in no way that I'm, I'm sort of saying, okay, well, we just, just go, you know. Just go float around in the world. Because God is pleased with you. The fact is, He is. <laughs> the fact is that His heart toward us is always 100% favorable and always 100% love and always 100% goodness. And there is nothing we can do to change that. Because we are not standing before Him based on ourselves and our own performance and anything. We are standing before Him based on what Christ has done. That is, that is the fact. That is the truth. But if we are in the place where we receive this sort of in the flesh, it will give us license to go and be lascivious. It will give us license to go and live in the flesh and walk in the flesh and all that. And even though the Lord delights in us as people because of Christ, He does not delight in that. There's so much more for us. There's so much more. And it's like a parent looking at his child and you, you know that, like, that you, are, you are made for this. You were made with everything to achieve this in life. And now you choose to go and like, like the father and the prodigal son. 
The son chooses to go into the world and to go and waste his money and, and all that. Still, the father went there every single day. Every single day he stood at the gate waiting for the son to come back. With a heart of love and all that. But, but, but I must think that in his heart there was also like this sadness. Thinking, yo man, there's so much more for you. You're missing out on the fullness of what I want. And what I've given you. And I think we'll, we'll sort of get to that point as we, as we go deeper. But he's very angry now at this very specific thing about people trying to bring them back into uh, religiousness or religiosity. And it's something that we really need to be careful of. Even here. Even, even, even myself, because I've been programmed to do, 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 and, you know, get this right, get this right, get that right, then you get the staticky. I think one of my children showed me like something they saw on, on a clip or something, how to make an F8+. In school, so you just put one more stripe there and there, then it, then it looks like you got an A plus. So if the, the kid got a report, an F at, at school, he just goes and put those things and he shows mommy A plus. <laughs> but Jesus made our F and A plus, and it will never change before the Lord. That's the covenant that we are in. That's the, that's what He has done for us, but it can never give us license. To not be holy. Um, and we must remember that. And yeah, we'll, we'll speak about that just now. So I wrote here what Jesus contrasts. Uh, what Paul contrasts here is... What Christ has done in you, rejoice in what Christ has done in you versus rejoice in what you have accomplished for yourself. Take joy in the Lord. Why? Because it's constant. He's, it's, it's the firm foundation. Because none of us are constant enough in what we do that we will always feel like, you know, we're at the top of the world. Our joy gets stolen and our joy gets lost when we, when we depend on something that is shakable. Because the moment that gets shaken and it gets taken away, then we go, we go down in the dumps. But if our joy and our confidence and our hope is in what Christ has done, that can never change. Therefore, we can have joy in everything. Therefore, no matter what happens, we can, we can only always rejoice if it's in the Lord. But if it's in ourselves, there will be many reasons not to rejoice. Nee? It's eindelijk redelijk eenvoudig. Something I discovered, um, the, the Amplified gives a little bracket when, when he talks about the, uh, the dogs. Then it, it says the, the Pharisees and the Judaizers. Now, I went to look up, uh, I don't know, for some reason, I think that was even for last week, the word Pharisee. And I didn't know this, but a Pharisee, the word Pharisee literally means separated, to be set apart. What else is that's holy? So, there are two kinds of being separated. You can set yourself apart and separate yourself based on what you have done. And the root of that is pride. And the fruit of that is more pride. Or if you're not making the cut, it might be failure and fear. 
which is actually just different forms of pride. Not thinking much of yourself is a, is a form of pride. Because you're measuring me, 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 me all the time. So you can, you can have, let's call it a, a Pharisee separation, a Pharisee holiness. And it's easy to spot that. How often do I, do I walk around measuring myself against others? How often do I walk around saying, oh, I'm doing this at least, so, you know, all that. And then there is holiness, which is from Christ and in Christ and can only be found in Christ and can only be received in Christ. Van Romeinen say, for we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, so none of us can be truly holy apart from Christ. And because they did not have Christ, and because they did not find Christ, they had to create their own holiness. So they put all these rules in place. And yes, the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to, to, uh, to Moses. And then the, the, um, the rabbis and all that gave another hundred and whatever, 140, 400 Goodness gracious. Other laws and things that they need to keep with. And the Pharisees were the ones that, that were meticulous in keeping all those things. So they set themselves apart. But when they walked on the streets, they were like, you know? So Jesus comes and he says, unless your righteousness surpasses those of the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples say, oh my goodness, Lord, then how is it possible to be saved? He says, what is impossible for man is possible for God. And if we truly receive that kind of holiness, if we truly receive the holiness that is given to us through Christ and by Christ, we have reason to joy. And that joy can never be stolen, can never be taken away. Because we have received His righteousness. This is all the first day. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I want to read the... Um, the Passion Translation, just the verse 3, it says, For we have already experienced heart circumcision. If we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Christ Jesus has done, not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. Oh, there's a massive renewal of our minds at need place. A massive renewal of our minds. To break away from that thing where we're constantly measuring, am I doing enough? Because if I measure, if I'm doing enough, I will measure if you're doing enough. And if I'm not doing it more than you, if I'm not doing as much as you, I will be jealous of you, which is pride. If I'm doing more than you, or you're not doing as much as I am, then I'm going to be condemning to you. I'm going to judge you. All of that is fruit of evil, fruit of the flesh. 
Galatians 5. Al die goeders kom uit die plek van, van pride. But if we truly come to the place, it's like this teaching that we've been sending around now quite a bit, I think all that you can help a manier van, van life etlin, but, but, but praat van die, van die the three chairs. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. Coming to the place where you are in the Lord and sitting in the Lord and knowing that you are right with Him. Because Jesus did what He had done. David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Do we take joy? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. We should be like, yeah. Our times of worship should be like, uh, like expressions of amazing joy and and and. If we don't get it, then we won't worship the Lord. If we don't come in to the presence of the Lord based on what He has done, our whole posture will be wrong. We will literally come like the prodigal son who says, okay, at least I'll have food and a roof, but I will serve you. I will do my best. I will try my best. I will make it up for the rest of my life. I will never again. Never again, Lord, will I. Or Lord, if you just grant me this one thing, then I will do, 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 do. this and that. Or, Lord, I know I don't deserve this. I know that based on my own actions, I don't deserve this. I know that I'm so human. I know that I make so many mistakes. There's so many times that I still operate in the flesh. But thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you took away all this sinfulness. Thank you that you paid for everything that I've done. Thank you that you have, that you have given me true righteousness before the Lord. Thank you that, but because of Jesus, I can stand before your Father and have complete boldness in asking you this one thing. Can I have complete boldness in calling you my Father, my Daddy? Because I don't have to deserve to be your son. Our whole posture will change if we, if we grasp this thing. And then true holiness will start to like, flow out from us. Like we said last week, working out your salvation in fear and trembling. That will start to happen if we grasp this one thing, that our joy and our confidence and who we are is in the Lord and not in what we do. We have to understand this. Yes, man, may we have revelation of this. Ek check net, jylle hoor nie dat ek preek, dat, dat ek sê, verstaan, jylle kan maar gaan sonde doen nie. Everything will change. So we've experienced heart circumcision, says uh, the Passion Translation. Now Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, He says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And for those who are in flesh, where are the desires of their heart? In the things of this world. Actually, the desires of your heart is on self-gratification. 
and you feel like the things of this world will help you to have joy and to have peace and to have all that kind of stuff. If only I can have my icy by this year. Ons lag lekker vir amal. Ons het ons icy by die see. As ek maar net my plaas kan nie. Sê ons nou weer. If I can have that car, if I can have that job, if I can have that position, if I can have... If my children can only be obedient. <laughs> my kinder is baie goed. Nee. <laughs> They're children. Wherever your heart is, there your treasure is. Now Colossians 2.11 says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So there's a difference between, once again, religiosity, where it's all about what you do, all your efforts to, to be sinless in the eyes of those around you. Or you can come to the place and say, Lord, thank you that you have cut away my sinful nature. That you have cut away that which was inside of me that made me, that sort of gave me no choice. That which arrested me to live the life of, of the flesh. To live the life of that which does not lead to life. You have cut that away. Now can ons weer teruggaan na die goed toe, want ons heel tyd teruggaan that when you were reborn, you were made a cre- new creation, born in the image of God, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Thank you, Lord, for changing me, for cutting away everything in me. Ne? It doesn't belong to me anymore. It's not me. You have cut away. In Corinthians 6, 9-12, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, or who worship idols, or who commit adultery, or who are male prostitutes, or practice homosexually, or are thieves, or greedy, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. How? By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. By calling on Jesus Christ and by, by, by ex- accepting what He has done for you. He has made you holy. Colossians says, holy, blameless, beyond reproach. That's true holiness in Christ. He has set you apart from the rest of the world. Not in what we can point fingers at others, say, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. But he has literally taken us out of the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into himself, into his own kingdom, and has hidden us in himself. I can't remember where I first started, but you were hidden, you are hidden in Christ. Colossians 3. Thank you. And therefore we are holy because of what Christ has done, because of what, what He has done. Holiness is not a matter of effort, but of identity. that you will manifest what you believe. How do we see ourselves? 
when you look at yourself, when you judge yourself, what do you see? What do you experience when you look at yourself? Do you see the accusations of the accuser? Do you see all the shortcomings? Do you see the, the, the fleshly stuff that keeps coming up? Do you see all the things that you, all the times that you're trying and trying and not getting it right? When you look at yourself, when you consider yourself, what do you see? That's your identity. And what you see will be what you reflect. What you see when you look at yourself will be what you carry out to the world because that, that you, you, come, you, you say, this is who I am. Or can you look at yourself and see holy, blameless, righteous before the Lord because of what Christ has done for me? If you start seeing that, that is what you will reflect. That will come out of you when you start looking at yourself. And instead of always thinking, oh, that's not enough, that's not good enough, that's not, I'm just not measuring up. I look at all these people, I look at the pastore, and I look at the elders, and I look at that, and I look at that, and it's just never enough. I can never make it, I can never get there, I can ensure you just, what, how do you walk around? With what on your shoulders? Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Why? Because he carried the burden. Because he carried literally the cross like a yoke up the mountain of Calvary. And now he says, I have redeemed you. I've made you holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And therefore, Paul goes on and he says, we put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. So I say, I've done everything right. I was a Pharisee. I come from, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I come from the tribe of Benjamin. If there's anyone that could like receive a badge and say, this man, if you want to follow somebody, follow this guy. If you want to measure up yourself to someone, if you measure up to Paul, then you've, you've made it. Paul says, I was that guy. I was so zealous for the truth that I persecuted the church. I was thinking, Iri Owens, that followed Jesus. I mean, I work my butt off to be righteous before God. I do everything right. I don't sin. I don't do this. I don't do that. I keep all the commandments. And now people can come and say, you don't need to do all these things because Christ has made you right before God. I'm going to get them all into prison. I'm going to break into their homes. I'm going to kill them all. Like he did to Philip. Stephen. Sorry. And then one day he's on his way to go and to, to, to get more brownie points with God by killing the Christians. And Jesus appears to him and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting my church, my body? And everything around him, just one revelation of who Christ is, one revelation of who Jesus is, changes everything in his life. To the point where he says, all these things that I've counted on. Verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value 
of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless compared to knowing Jesus Christ. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous, uh, righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Agel Bayachrach in the Amplified Lears, verses 8 and 9. Just go to the next slide. I say, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him of perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly, knowing Christ. Progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. That acquaintance is perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, under vertaling say dung, in order that I may win or gain Christ, the anointed one. So here's what I get out cry. We will never get to know and understand and perceive and experience and become intimately acquainted with the character and the essence and who Christ is by being religious. He threw all of that away. All of his uh, ticking boxes to be right with God, he threw away so that he can gain Christ. Because you can either have self righteousness or Christ righteousness, but the two are mutually exclusive, the one cancels the other. You can either get to know God and get to know Christ through Christ and because of what He has done. Or you can build for yourself a form of religion and get to know a form of God and get to know a form of what you think He is like. But never come to, to the true intimacy and acquaintance and progressively getting to know Him more and more based on a form of religion. And therefore we've got to come to the place where we are truly relying on Christ to get to know Him. <laughs> and not relying on ourselves. Although we have to respond, take responsibility. But it's not because I do something right that Christ reveals Himself to me. It's because I trust Him. I put my faith in Him. It's because I come to the place where I say, Lord, if you do not reveal yourself to me, I'm lost. I cannot do this on my own. Many of us can feel good 
about, jammer dat ek nou heeltyd hierdie kant en daai kant, kom ek nou achter. Many of us can feel good and, and, and literally have like religious pride and be the man, you know, MOG, by religiosity and doing the right things. But what Christ is after is intimacy for us to get to know him deeper and deeper and more and more. I wrote here, Christ's righteousness leads to joy in the Lord and self-righteousness leads to strife, condemnation of ourselves and others um, and a spirit of heaviness. So what do we choose? Then he goes on in the Amplified Verse 9, he says, that I may actually be found and known as in Him. This may be a profound sticky That I may be found and known. With other words, if you look at me, you do not see all the things that I do right. You do not see that I tick the boxes, that I do this and you do that and I do that. If you meet me, you will find one thing is that I am in Christ. Ons het vrijdag lekker gepraat by die mannengroep, vrijdagochtend. I just want to invite you, all the men, jammer, girls, dit is afval te vroeg vir julle. All the men, uh, 5.30, Friday mornings, at the post, wat? Uh, Traders post, daar so na by die slangpark. Uh, we get together and dit is an amazing, amazing, amazing tijd where we encourage each other, we just, the Holy Spirit leads us into the most amazing discussions. Uh, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, all the men, Good. So we were speaking there about, no, from Astoria. May I be found in Christ. In Lance it actually begin, dear, a vraag for us to post, uh, is that, do, do we remember in our homes that Christ is alive? That He truly lives? Is it evident in our homes that, that He truly lives? In the way that we deal with things, when someone gets ill, when we have struggles and all that. Do we run to the world or do we run to, the, to Christ that is alive? So I come and I pose the question that if someone finds you in life, in your work, in your, in your shops, in streets, or whatever, do they find that you are in Christ? And that He is in you? Paul says, may I be found, may I actually be found, and known as in Him. And here is how, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired, but possessing the genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ the Anointed One, the truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. Do I have righteousness which comes from God? In our Marcus net klamateri laasestikkie. See, I want to know, and I know is by experience, Christ and experience the mighty power, the ability to overcome resistance that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Here is Paul's number one reason for living. Number one reason for doing anything and everything that he did. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and experience the life power. The power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and experience 
the reason he gave his life for me. As I could know for myself can translate the power of his resurrection. I want my life to be filled with the fruit of the resurrection of Christ. Filled with the purpose for which Christ has given his life for me. And it starts by knowing him. And I don't think we can truly experience the power of his resurrection until we first experience him and who he is and get to know him. And I think many of us, we are sort of seeking the other stuff, the power stuff. We are seeking the healings and the, the, the manifestations and all that. I say, you evil and perverse generation, you only seek me for the signs. Shoo. Mag het nie ons wees nie. I want to experience the power, I want to know Christ. Mag ek vraag, what is your reason for doing what you do? in terms of church and in terms of your relationship with all your religion, your religion, your Christianity. Why do you do what you do? If you have to answer to yourself. Is a driving force behind that to know Christ? Or is it something else? Is it ticking a box? Is it measuring up to someone else? Is it... But why do we do what we do in terms of Christianity? Your specific faith walk. Is it ambitious so that you can be something or somewhere? So you can be a community leader or an elder or whatever? If I don't do this, then I can't achieve that. May we come to the place where it's our sole purpose is to know God, to know Christ. May we come to the place where the sole reason that I study the Word is to know God and not so that I can teach you. It's so makkelijk to fall in that trap. In Danki Toch Paulus, now I say, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. My possession is a Bible, a stark word that I have used, and it means literally to arrest to take hold of it. It literally is the same picture that, that when a uh, spirit possesses somebody, that he has no other choice. That is what Paul is grabbing for. So I want to possess, I want to grab onto everything that Christ is giving me. And I will give everything for it. This is responsibility gedeelte. See, we're not talking about what to do or what not to do. We're talking about why we do what we do. I want to possess everything. Why? Because Christ has first possessed me. We were bought with a price. The precious blood of Christ. 
He has drawn me into Himself. He has made me His. He has made me one with Him. And if I truly grab that, if I truly understand that, then everything in me will want to possess the fullness of what He has given. Okay, let's pray. Father, Uh, Father, I, I realize that there, there might be much, uh, almost too much this morning, Lord, for us to grasp and to, to possess. <laughs> but I ask, Father, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would, in this week to come, uh, that you will bring us to the place where we find true revelation. of what you have done for us. True revelation of our holiness and our righteousness in you. True revelation of your plan and your will and your desire for us as your children to be bearers of your image. Holy Spirit, would you come and massage just the seeds of this message. Would you come and just massage it into our lives? so that we can be, like Paul says, run the race to the full and come to the fullness of the maturity which you have called us to. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.